Uh, good morning. Uh, would you have God's word uh, open us up? Uh, Leviticus 25, verses 1 and 7. Uh, hear now the reading of God's holy word. The Lord spoke to Moses on Mount Sinai, saying, Speak to the people of Israel, and say to them, When you come into the land that I give you, the land shall keep a Sabbath to the Lord. For six years you shall sow your field, and for six years you shall prune your vineyard and gather in its fruit. But in the seventh year there shall be a Sabbath of solemn rest for the land, a Sabbath to the Lord. You shall not sow your field or prune your vineyard. You shall not reap what grows of itself in your harvest or gather the grapes of your undressed vine. It shall be a year of solemn rest for the land. The Sabbath of the land shall provide food for you, for yourself, and for your male and female slaves, and for your hired worker and the sojourner who lives with you, and for your cattle and for the wild animals that are in your land. All its yield shall be for food. This is the reading of God's holy word. Thanks be to God. Would you join me in prayer at this time? Speak, O Lord, as we come to you to receive the food of your holy word. Would you take your truths and plant it deep within? Would you shape and fashion us in your likeness? That the light of Christ might be seen today in our acts of love and our deeds of faith. Speak, O Lord, till your church is built and the earth is filled with your glory. Amen. Um, well, good morning. Uh, today, I want to answer a simple yet crucial question. And that question is, why do we need rest? Now, the text at hand uh, is urging us to explore this question, and I want to approach it from three different angles. First, I want to look at it uh, from uh, the biological perspective. Uh, second, the theological perspective. And third, the sociological perspective. Now, it might sound a bit complex, but it's actually quite simple. So let's get right into it. Why do we need rest? Uh, well, first, uh, the biological reason. Let's, uh, would you look with me at Leviticus 25? Uh, verses 2 and 4. It says this, The land shall keep a Sabbath to the Lord. For six years you shall sow your field. But in the seventh year there shall be a Sabbath of solemn rest for the land. Now, these verses, after reading them, you might be thinking, does land actually need rest? And the answer is yes. You see, farmers know that if you worked the land continuously, if you farm the ground continuously, uh, the soil will eventually get stripped and depleted of its nutrients and will no longer be able to produce crops. Now, because of this, uh, farmers have long practiced something called crop rotation. And this is a practice where farmers, they would rotate the type of crop sown on a single piece of land while also including in that rotation a gap year. Now this rest would allow the soil 
to fully heal and be replenished of its nutrients. You see, this reveals a very important biblical truth, and that is when God created the world, when he created the physical world, when he created humans, animals, plants, trees, and the ground, he designed it so that it would be sustained through rest. In other words, rest is necessary for life. Rest is essential for life. Right? You, you give it some thought, right? Think about it. Everything that is alive, everything that has life in it, absolutely needs rest. If you deprive life of rest, then it ceases to be life. Let me repeat that once again. If you deprive life of rest, it ceases to be life. Uh, you know, I had a friend um, who was a uh, West Point graduate. Uh, he was a uh, triathlon athlete. And on top of all of that, he was an army ranger. Okay. Uh, this friend, he was built tough. Okay, real tough. I mean, Ford tough. And uh, this friend told me uh, the story once of um, when he was in ranger school. And uh, by ranger school, I mean army ranger school, not, not the power ranger school. Uh, but when he was in ranger school, he told me that the hardest mission he had to accomplish was hiking through this mountainous area from point A to point B within a certain time frame. Now, the reason why this mission was so difficult was because the only way that they could actually finish on time was if they hiked nonstop and took little to no time to sleep and rest. Now, I forget how long the mission was, but I know it was at least four days. Now, towards the end of the mission, after hiking for days with very little food and zero sleep, uh, my friend tells me that he started to hallucinate. It was in the night, uh, they were hiking, and I kid you not, he said that he started to see blue M&Ms. <laughs> now, these M&Ms weren't just small M&Ms scattered on the ground. They were life-sized M&Ms walking around on the mountain like this. Now, um, at this point, you should be able to see blue M&Ms start popping up on your screen. Um, it's, a, it's a new YouTube filter that we've included. You see it? No? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I, uh, I think our media team uh, just got real tense. Um, but, you know, after sharing this story, uh, my friend said this. He said, um, I learned that the body can go without food and still function, but it cannot go without rest. Friends, life without rest ceases to be life. You know, currently in our modern, industrialized, technological world, efficiency and production are highly prized and rest is often viewed as a necessary evil something you have to do so you can go back to work 
Often, work and rest are pitted against one another, where you have to give up one to gain the other. Well, I'll have you know that the Bible takes a completely different view. It tells us that work and rest are both good. Work and rest are both necessary. And further, the Bible tells us that rest is essential to life. Life without rest is no longer life. You know, if you peruse the Bible, you'll see that rest, or more tangibly sleep, is a really good thing. Uh, the Bible says this, Psalm 4.8, In peace I will both lie down and sleep, for you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. The Bible says sleep is good. It doesn't say uh, sleep is for the weak, mamba mentality. Uh, but it says, Psalm 127 too, it is in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, for he gives to his beloved sleep. Church, I want you to know that rest isn't contrary to life. It's essential for life. You know, on a more practical note, um, I know that many of us are sleep deprived. And please, if you are, please get some rest. More tangibly, get some sleep. Uh, mothers, fathers, students, caretakers, workers, I know that there is a lot on your plate right now. You're probably thinking, even after this service, of the things that you have to do. And you probably have this endless list of things to do, a list that's longer than a CVS receipt. But for those of you who are restless, it's okay to rest. In fact, sleep is something that the Lord grants to you. He gives it to you. And so would you receive it? You know, on the other hand, if you've had a good night's sleep and you wake up in the morning, you don't have to feel guilty about it. Be productive throughout the day, work hard, but when it is time to rest, rest. Now, why do we need rest? Because the Bible tells us this is how we were created. We were created to rest. Now, it doesn't end there. Uh, this idea of resting uh, is not just for biological reasons, but there is also a theological reason to it. Uh, would you look at Leviticus 23.3? It says this, Six days shall work be done, but on the seventh day is a Sabbath of solemn rest, a holy convocation. You see, God in his wisdom uh, didn't just generally tell his people to rest. Because he knew that if he said, hey, just rest, people wouldn't actually do it. Uh, it's like when you were young and your parents said, uh, go study. Right? You don't know what to study, how to study. You don't even have the desire to study. And you probably think that you don't have to study. Right? Go study is a very ineffective command because it's just too general. So, likewise, God in his wisdom, when he says rest... He sets aside a day of rest. Now, this day isn't just for 
physical replenishment, but it represents something greater. Uh, when you look at uh, Exodus 31, 17, it says this, uh, the Sabbath is a sign forever between me and the people of Israel that in six days the Lord made heaven and earth and on the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. If you look at this verse, it says this, that the day of rest is a sign. In other words, it represents our relationship with God. See, this day is a reminder to us that He is our Creator and we are His creation. And this is vital because only when we realize this, only when we understand this, only when we discover this, are we able to find true meaning and purpose for this world and for our lives. Uh, there was a movie that came out a few years ago, I think in uh, 2016, a movie called Lion. And it was based off a true story. Uh, it was a, about a story of a young Indian boy named Saru who was separated from his parents at a very young age due to a series of really un unfortunate events. And uh, this young boy, Saru, was placed inside an orphanage thousands of miles away from his hometown. Now fortunately uh, he was adopted by an Australian couple and um, as they uh, adopted him, when they adopted him, uh, they took him back to Australia and they loved him and they gave him the best possible life that he could ever dream of. Uh, he grew up in Australia perhaps the closest thing to heaven that we have in this world. Um, he grew up with a great education. He was in college studying hotel management. Uh, his life was perfect. Yet strangely, it was also incomplete. His life was so pristine, yet something was missing. You see, even though everything that this young boy enjoyed in life was because of his adopted parents, there was still a longing in him to find his biological parents. There was a desire in him to find his creator. And so this young boy goes on this journey, uh, well, not only young, um, not young anymore, but when he's in college, he goes on this journey of trying to find his parents. Uh, with the help of Google Earth and his memory, he's actually able to find his hometown. And he journeys back and he finds that his mother is still there. And this is a true story. His mom actually didn't move for decades because she thought that her son would return. And so uh, Saru finally meets his mother and they embrace, they hug. And Saru calls um, his Australian parents back at home. Uh, they were worried about him. And he calls them and he says this. He says, I'm calling because I want to tell you that I'm safe. I'm safe and all the questions I've had have been answered. There are no more dead ends. I found my mother. See friends, if you do not know who your creator is, how will you ever know the reason for your existence?
If you do not know who your creator is, how can you find any meaningful purpose in this? You see, the Sabbath is the key to opening that door. I mean, just imagine uh, for a moment if there wasn't a Sabbath day of rest. You know, everyone is, or celebrities are now singing this song uh, imagined by the Beatles, but you know, imagine if there wasn't a Sabbath, right? Imagine if there wasn't a day to uh, cease from work and be reminded of who God is and his promises to you. Imagine if you worked seven days. Sure, you might be more productive, but you would be void of purpose. If you worked seven days, work would eventually become your master. You would be enslaved to your work. And the reason why the Lord gives the Sabbath is to liberate us and have us understand and realize who He is, who we are, and why He created us. This is uh, Henry Blotcher in uh, his book, In the Beginning. He says this, quote, What is the meaning of the Sabbath? Well, the Sabbath relativizes the work of mankind. It protects mankind from total absorption of its work. The Sabbath anticipates the distortion which makes work the sum and purpose of human life, and it informs mankind that he will not fulfill his humanity in his relation to the world, but only when he raises his eyes above in the blessed holy hour of communion with the Creator. Simply put, the reason why we rest is so that we can be reminded of who God is, who we are, and find our purpose for life in that. And so, rest isn't just a break from the real important things in life. It is the important thing in life. Rest, the Sabbath, is the epicenter of life. It centers you. It grounds you. It recalibrates you. Now, if you aren't convinced of this, um, just look at how the Bible just look at how the Bible opens and how it closes. Right? The Bible starts with God creating the world and calling it to rest with Him, and it ends with God recreating the world and calling it to rest with Him. You see, the Bible tells us that God didn't create us to rest, but He created us for rest. He created us so that we can rest in Him. And in between all of this, from beginning to end, Genesis 1 to Revelation 22, right in the middle is Jesus, the one who fulfills all of this, and He says these very words, Come to me, all you who labor and are burdened, and I will give you rest. See, Jesus is saying true rest is not found through the observances of practices. It's not found in the repetition and the pattern of observances in a day. But Jesus is saying here this. Ultimately, he's saying true rest is found in me. Now, friends, I just want to remind you that Jesus labored and worked for you in his life, death, and his resurrection 
so that you can find rest in your life, in your death, and ultimately at your Church, can you be at rest this morning, knowing once again that your sins, which brought guilt, judgment, and condemnation, have been put to rest in the death of Jesus Christ? Why do we rest? Because through it we find our purpose. God didn't create us to rest, but He created us for rest and he redeemed us for rest saint augustine said these words you have formed us for yourself and our hearts are restless till they find rest in you the biological reason the theological reason finally the sociological reason the reason why God commands a Sabbath, the reason why God commands a rest for his people is also so that by resting, we can give and provide rest to others, to those especially in need. Look at Exodus 23, verses 10 and 11. It says this, for six years you shall sow your land and gather in its yield. But the seventh year you shall let it rest and lie fallow, that the poor of your people may eat. And what they leave, the beast of the field may eat. You shall do likewise with your vineyard and with your olive orchid. Exodus 23:12 says this, Six days you shall do your work, but on the seventh day you shall rest, that your ox and your donkey may have rest, and the sons of your servant woman and the alien may be refreshed. See, church, these verses are telling us that there is a social element to rest. There is a mercy element to rest. See, the Bible is saying rest isn't just about myself, my family, my sustenance, my edification. But the Bible is telling us resting is also about being a blessing to others so that they too may rest. The Lord asks us, He commands us to rest so that those in need might also find rest through our rest. And so, when the Bible speaks of the Sabbath, justice isn't too far away. Rest and mercy always go hand in hand in the heart and in the mind of God. Jesus utters these very words as he's reciting Isaiah. He says, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. And so church, with this understanding, would you now find rest? Would you find rest in Christ? Would you find rest physically from another tiresome week? Would you find rest spiritually as we place our hope and our trust in Him? As we find 
the reason and the purpose for our existence? And would you find rest? And through that, would you be a conduit of rest to others? Church, be a blessing to those around you by resting, providing the rest to those desperately in need. Would you join me in prayer at this time?